everyone, this is episode 634 of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast for Wednesday, May 29th, 2019. I am your host, Marcus Nez, and today I'll be talking about a few PSVR games because I finally played some VR games for the first time in many, many months. I don't know if I've played VR this year. I probably have because we're almost halfway through and things that came out early on in the year or things I've done early on in the year, I can't remember. So I can't say for certain, but it's been a long time since I played uh, VR, uh, PSVR in particular, because that's the only headset I own. I'm very interested in the Oculus Quest. Is that what it is? The, The one that is wireless, even though the fidelity is lower, wireless vr is the future i think that is how vr will become way more accessible and reach a much larger audience because the wires and all that and the need of a a computer or a system is really uh, uh, something that holds back vr currently though i don't know maybe vr still needs to be connected uh, or the the wireless Oculus needs to be connected to a PC, but I'm not sure how it works because it has onboard memory, I think 64 gigabytes or 128. But uh, from what I've heard, the games at their highest usually are around three gigs, so 64 would be enough. I'm not in the market for it because I don't have I don't have the funds or I, I don't need another VR headset, and I can wait. Uh, I'm not, and I'm I'm also someone who's not that uh taken by vr in all the vr games i've played a handful of experience have been neat but i've never been fully immersed i've never been engrossed to an extra level because of vr you know i haven't had any special moment where i'm like oh my god this is something you know i I couldn't experience this elsewhere and it is just wild like oh uh so yeah there's that but in addition to that, I have started playing Hatful Boyfriend. I'm probably, I don't know, close to done with my first playthrough. Given how the the game seems to be in terms of like the length I've seen, it, it ranges significantly depending on the ending you end up getting. And it's going to be a weird episode of a tight the backlog when I eventually when that one eventually goes up because it's a short game one. Two, given that it's a visual novel, it's not going to be the most exciting video, and just putting the video together is not going to be all that fun or interesting. And three, I don't really like it. Uh, I think part of it is that I don't care for visual novels, given how they are exactly what they say they are, novels with visuals tied to them. I want more interactivity. I want more opportunity for choices and development like in games like uh, Monster Prom, and then there was this other one, something about monsters that I played on my Switch. I wish I could remember what it was, but it's a game where you start off as like a a monster, little seedling, a little baby, and then you grow over the course of the game, and there are like three or four different stages for the monster in that game. And you, you can turn into like an elder monster if you do enough of the right things to get to that point. 
otherwise you'll get an ending earlier to that that's like the after party for <laughs> those who do particularly well um but yeah there's just so much reading and and so little interactivity and the whole gimmick of it being a, a school full of birds ends before it even starts i don't i don't find anything about that amusing in any way so why am i playing it for attack the back i don't know because people loved it and i thought i should and i'm someone who has never gotten into a visual novel despite really wanting to i feel like they'd be way up my alley but this is definitely not and i will talk about it more in depth when i record that episode but uh yeah so the vr games i've played before i get to them I just remembered a little bit of news came out. Uh, there's a bunch of Pokemon stuff that I don't remember. Any, like none of it really sounded all that interesting to me. Those uh, mobile things and some sleep thing. I don't know. I don't think anything really came out about the new upcoming one. Or maybe I'm wrong. But the news stories I saw all were about things that weren't the next Pokemon game. But the surprising news that came out was... Death Stranding, with its new trailer, also got a release date. And that release date is November 8th, 2019. It's coming out this year. And that is... is I, I, I think so many of us thought that game was destined to come out around the launch of PlayStation 5. Probably be a cross-platform game. But it is coming out later this year. And I'm just, I haven't watched the trailer because I just want to be in the dark at this point. I know I'm going to play it. I have no idea if I'm going to like it. I'm gonna have, I have no idea if it's going to be any good. It could be shit. It could be amazing. I doubt it'll be anywhere in between. I really doubt that Death Stranding will end up being okay. I think it'll be an absolute disaster or an amazing, weird, crazy thing. And yeah, I'm just, I'm excited to jump into Kojima's mind, his creativity uh, that is unfiltered and see where it takes me. Um, so I'm, I'm excited about it, even though I know there's a good chance it could be absolute shit. It's his Deadly Premonition, I guess, I don't know. I never played Deadly, I, I played a little bit of Deadly Premonition, but... I couldn't get into it, though I think the PS3 version, Director's Cut or whatever, changed some of the controls to make it more palatable, which is something I wouldn't mind maybe going back to at some point for Attack the Backlog. But I'm interested to see what happens with Death Stranding. I'm also curious, I know it was announced in 2016, so three years is not a, a small amount of time. But I, I I can't remember the origins of the game. Like, did they have to build a new engine from scratch? Were they using uh, another engine? I think they might have piggybacked off the Horizon Zero Dawn engine. Maybe that's right. Because if they had to build their own engine, I can't see how this game is going to be that big. You know, given that it's an open world. I'm I'm curious about the scale of the game. Honestly, that's my biggest question. Is it going to be as big as MGS5? 
it's going to be as small as ground zeros is going to be somewhere in between i'm assuming somewhere in between but we shall see uh anywho getting back to what i've been playing so played two psvr games the first thing i noticed when i put on the headset was uh, this is heavier than i remember it being i ended up stopping after playing about 45 minutes because the strain on my neck and the the slight headache i was getting was too much i i couldn't take it i i don't know why that was the case because i don't remember ever having an issue with the weight of the psvr before but maybe the beard i used to have offset it even though i never had a thick beard when playing psvr Maybe that somehow offset it. Maybe my beard here, even when it's really short, is very heavy. Though that would weight it. That would just work in its advantage to weight it even more because it'd be leaning towards like my chin would be weighed down and then the top of my head would be weighed forward. So that doesn't make any sense. Never mind. But yeah, I was surprised by how heavy it felt. And then I also was reminded of the low resolution and it seemed worse this go around um but the two games i played were ghost giant i believe that's the name of it i want to double check there's also conrad the kitten which is now called conrad's kittens after updating to 2.0 i guess and the other game is in fact ghost giant so i played about 10 minutes if that of conrad's kittens and when i say played I mean that in the loosest terms, because I launched the game, and then I got into the main area where it tells you, get a, get a pillow, put it on the floor, and sit on it, because that's going to be where you're going to interact with the kitties, because they're going to be on the floor, so you got to be on the floor too. So I did that, sands the pillow, I'm like, fuck it, I can freaking sit on this hard floor, because I slept on the floor for... I don't know, six, seven years, because it was more comfortable than the hand-me-down 60-year-old, 70-year-old mattress I had that was full of little bits of the spring or whatever poking all around. So maybe that's part of why I have back problems, or maybe it's not. Maybe that was good for me. But either way, I slept on the floor for a long time, so I, I like the floor. I find it comfortable. And so I, I sat on the floor... And I, you know, I launched the game, and I tried to interact with it using just the controller, but it wasn't working. The game at no point told me, hey, you need the, the move controllers in order to interact with this game. It requires the move controllers to play it. Maybe it doesn't, but I couldn't do shit with the controller. So, got up, got the controllers. Didn't have to take off the headset because there's the, the like screen door effect you can see in a lot of the regular world. Uh, with the PSVR headset. So I got the move controllers, turned them both on, low battery, but they were still good to go. When I turned them on, I noticed that my right hand was there, but my left hand wasn't. I'm like, oh, is that controller dead? No, I was like looking at it. Nope, nope. It's, it's good. It's gone. It's good to go. But I guess this game just uses one controller, which is weird, but whatever. Fine. So... The game told me to pick up the the cat, pick up Conrad, who in this update, I guess, becomes an adult, and now you have kittens all around. 
So I picked up Conrad. And then I think it transitioned me to like, okay, do you want to, like, they recommend playing with a plushie so it feels like you're playing with a real cat or whatever. I didn't have a plushie around me. Plus, even if I did, I'm not going to fucking do that. Because uh, it's not going to do anything for me. It's not going to trick me or confuse me into thinking anything like that. But I picked up Conrad and then I didn't want to turn on the the plushie mode and said, okay, if you don't want to use the plushie mode, just click the thing to your left to initiate the first level, which is like the kitchen or whatever. And I tried doing that with my left hand. So that that's the point at which I realized my left hand wasn't there, that I couldn't do anything. And I'm like, okay, is it broken? No, it just wasn't working for this game. Uh, it worked for the other game I had. So I, I guess it's either a bug with Conrad's kittens or they just, you know, that hand is either meant to not be used or to hold the plushie whatever i then took my right hand and i realized i'm still holding this fucking cat i can't let go of this cat i'm pressing all the buttons on the controller i'm trying to throw the cat away or whatever if i lowered my hand enough where the camera lost sight of it then the the cat would just float forward uh for a period of time depending on like how quickly i, I lowered my hand sometimes it would keep floating for a, a good long while so I then moved my right hand over all the way to my left side to initiate the level, the next level. And then I was in, I think it was a kitchen, but I'm not even sure at this point. But I was there and I didn't know what the hell I was supposed to do. And on top of that, I was still holding the fucking cat. And I'm just looking at this cat. I'm like, I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. I don't see any objects to interact with. My left hand doesn't work. I can't let go of this cat with my fucking right hand. It just won't leave me alone. It's just stuck on me. It's just stuck on my hand. And after three, five minutes of trying to find out what I could do, constantly letting the cat float away in the distance, and then picking my arm back up and having it magically reappear in my arm, I'm like, fucking, this magic boomerang cat is just driving me crazy. Uh, I, I quit the game. Will I go back to it and try it again? Maybe, but that initial experience was terrible because the game in no way told me what I needed to do. Really, it didn't give me any kind of instructions as to what the buttons do. It didn't tell me I needed the move controllers. Uh, if both controllers are needed, it wasn't working with the, the left-hand controller. So I just got the fuck out of there. And, yeah, I mean, it, it was amusing in a way, and made for a good bit of podcasting, but it wasn't enjoyable to play, and it was just very frustrating, because I, I want to love a game where I can play with a pet, with a, with a virtual cat, I love cats, this game seems like it is made for me, I love cats, I love them so much, it's you know, not a pretty game, it in no way looks lifelike at all, but it's still a cat, I don't even think it meowed once. I don't even think it meowed when I picked it up. And every time I threw it off in the distance, it didn't give a shit. What is up with that? But the other game I played is Ghost Giant. I played that for about half hour. Did uh, four scenes of it. And this game, on the other hand, makes a great first impression. And, and the beginning of the game is like the beginning of the trailer, which is what sold me on it. I watched the trailer for about 15 or so seconds. And I'm like, all right, I'm already in. This seems so charming and delightful and wonderful and 
my experience with it up to uh, this point, just playing a, about a half hour, it is all those things. It is absolutely delightful. You play this giant ghost, and you're interacting with this little, I don't know if it's a, a little cat, a little furry animal. Like The world is inhabited by furry humanoid uh, creatures, and you're very large. The world looks uh, somewhat paper crafty. Uh, more like cardboard cutouts and it's got a very very nice look to it. a lot of colors and variety and it's just a very vibrant world and the game starts off with this little furry dude by a body of water and I don't remember if he was crying or just talking to himself or what he exactly was saying but you interact with him and then he's like what was that looks up and he sees you and then he freaks out because you're this giant ghost. And he tries to hide behind a rock. And then you pick up that rock and you throw it away. And then he's like, oh, shit. And then he gets behind a bigger rock and you take those rocks away. And then it's it's so fun in the very beginning when this little person is reacting to seeing a giant ghost and trying to hide from them. And the, the voice acting for the little guy is great. Uh, that's one of the... the parts of the game that makes it work so well is that his performance is so strong and immediately uh, engrossed me in the experience and and so you're you're messing around with him he's trying to hide he ends up in the water at first i tried picking him up out of the water that wasn't working and then I was poking him accidentally because I was pressing the wrong button when I was trying to pick him up. And I kept like pushing him underwater. I'm like, no, I don't want to kill. I don't want to kill this little fella. And then I saw that there was a little uh, inner tube, life preserver tube thing, whatever they're called. And at first, when I tried to grab it and pull it off, it like glitched out and then flew off in the direction. I'm like, oh, shit. Is that going to reappear? And of course, it reappeared. And then I gave it to him and saved his, his life. Then I followed him home. And helped him with some stuff. He needed to remove these dried out sunflowers. I removed them all. And then our bond started to grow. It's like, oh, you're kind of nice. You're a, you're a helpful ghost. And yeah, the the first the, the second area around his home, you have to help, help him get into a, a part of his home, help him move a vehicle to a space that he can get a running start with it. You have to repair the vehicle. Then you get to an area of the woods where you have to help them navigate through it, remove some debris, knock down a, a bridge and stuff like that. And the more I play, the more I'm really like it. If my, if my neck wasn't feeling so strained at that point, I would have kept going. I, I wouldn't have stopped after a half hour if not for that. But I ended up in this town that was the most interactive uh, set piece area yet where I could check out these houses I can remove pits of them and, and see inside them. Like it's just a, a nice little sort of toy box of a game with these small little set pieces that are the, the various scenes in the game with little objects you can interact with people that you can see you can you know, move your head in close and get up in someone's face it's just it's very delightful very charming it looks great and the the controls are solid unlike conrad's kittens it tells you 
what every single button does right off the bat. It's like, okay, this button on the side, this is the start button. Use this to realign the image. This button will make you turn to the left. This one will make you turn to the right. This one will uh, bring up this menu. Like, it, it laid out all the controls right off the bat. And, yeah, I, I, I had a lot of fun with Ghost Giant. It's one of the better experiences I've had in PSVR. You know, I've played probably... 15 or so games and I'd put it in the top five maybe you know I still haven't played Astrobot and I haven't played Beat Saber but you know I have Wipeout the Omega Collection is my number one still um I really liked Jesus Christ I don't know what I liked like that that path of something or other was neat for a period but then it kind of frustrated me I don't think Tetris Effect gets a lot from VR. I know a lot of people are like it's a it's a it's a life changing experience. It's so special. I'm like fucking whatever. Just some shit on the side and my peripheral every now and again. Not doing all that much for me. It's neat, but uh not that special. Uh I need to play more of res. I only played the demo of it. Yeah, what what VR games really grab me? This is disappointing. Like, I, I still need to play Moss. I think games like this, uh, though in this one you're not controlling. Are you controlling the mouse in Moss? I don't remember. You're controlling Astrobot, right? Now, now I'm realizing I don't know how the hell any of these games play because I haven't actually played them myself. I played like a little demo of Moss, and I'm not remembering that you actually control the mouse. Either way, there are some big PSVR games that I still need to play before I say that. But uh, Ghost Giant is based off my initial impression after playing a half hour is very delightful and charming and fun and cute and lovely and i think it, it's a game that uh children would really get a kick out of you know be feeling like this giant especially the kids who like are still tiny and they they want to feel bigger They're like oh i wish i was a big kid like being able to have that kind of experience where the character you're interacting with uh, is scared of you at first and and treats you as that. Uh, it's just I I I thought it was lovely, so lovely. Um, See so yeah, if you have PSVR, I'm sure it's on other VR platforms, but I don't know. But if you have PSVR, at the very least, I think it's definitely worth checking out. Again, that is Ghost Giant, and it's it's lovely, absolutely lovely. Other than that, not too much. I loaded Dead Rising 4, and when I first jumped in my old save, the, the, not vendor, the safe house glitch was still in effect, and everything wasn't leveled, and my safe houses were all zero. Then I went back to the first case and restarted it, and then I quit out, like, when I quit out, the safe houses were all back to normal, and actually had levels. And I don't know what's going to happen the next time I load up. I'm so scared. Because that, that was the reason why I dropped off. I was so perturbed by that. After putting so much time into it and messing around with the multiplayer and having it screw up everything that I just gave up. And I kept hoping that they would update it and fix it, but they never did. Or they fixed it in a way that you couldn't do it again, but they couldn't fix it retroactively, really. But then people came up with ways in which they could fix it uh, going about doing a bunch of tedious stuff that seemed to not be universal ways of whatever it doesn't matter but 
I am almost kind of excited to maybe go back to Dead Rising 4 if the glitch is in fact gone from my save. So, that's something. But yeah. That is it in terms of what I've been playing. The Contra Collection got the rest of its lineup announced. And there are like a lot of repeats in there. You have the arcade version of games and NES versions of games, which I'm happy about because I was really bummed out when I only saw the arcade version of Contra announced initially because I hate that version. That is a version that they use for the Xbox Live arcade version, which bummed the shit out of me. That was my first time playing the arcade version. I didn't even know there was an arcade version of Contra. And when I played that, when I downloaded the xbox live arcade game and didn't realize there wasn't an option to switch between the two i was so disappointed and heartbroken because the arcade version visually i hate and in terms of the like it just doesn't feel quite right and like having the nes version in this collection is so great i'm not at all excited about it like i i was for the castlevania collection because there are way more, I don't even want to say there are way more better Castlevania games. I mean, there probably are. But Contra just doesn't have that nostalgic thing for, I, I, I'm hugely nostalgic for the original Contra. And I adore Shattered Soldier from the PS2. But outside of those two games, I haven't really played any other Contra games. I think I may have played a little bit of Contra 4 on the DS, but that's it. And then I played Hardcore Uprising or whatever, which is like a spiritual Contra game, I think. Could be wrong about that. But yeah. You know, I, 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 would, I would be way more interested in something that collects all the Metal Slug games than Contra. Um, but yeah, that was that's cool. And then uh, just uh, touching back on that Artifact Twitch news... Twitch has now, unless they update it again, has now uh, made it uh, so that new users cannot stream until they find a way to fix this problem, I guess. I don't, I don't know how they fix it unless they just remove Artifact as a thing now. And they're just like, well, you just you guys can't have nice things. And Artifact was a nice thing, I guess. So we're just going to remove it has its own channel because what I, I, I don't see how they get around this. Um, they're going to have to what rewrite a very intricate uh, algorithm that somehow manages to figure out, okay, this isn't an uh, artifact that's being streamed or whatever, or looks for these keywords or this way. Like people just keep getting around all that kind of stuff. And, the only way to really moderate it is to have one of their moderators or hire a new moderator who is whose job is specifically watch the artifact channel. If anything in there is not artifact, get it out of there. Get rid of it. If it's something that violates the terms of service, ban them. You know, do all that stuff. Uh, and if it's just not artifact move it to another channel and give the person a warning because no one is accidentally playing a game that is an artifact in the artifact 
channel. It was just, it's a weird thing with no easy solution. But uh, it'll be interesting to see how it plays out from here. Uh, but um, that's that's it in terms of what I've been watching. I started watching End of the Fucking World on Netflix. And despite almost turning it off immediately when you find out that the male lead is a potential psychopath. I mean, he's done some pretty shitty things. And he's like, oh, am I am I a psychopath? And I've gotten to the point where he's like, I'm not a psychopath because after doing this, I don't want to do it again or whatever. So I'm not a psychopath. I'm just kind of horrible. <laughs> but when his first murder is that of a cat, I was like, oh, <laughs> fucking you introduce me to this character. And one of the first things they do is slit a cat's throat. Get out of here. They don't show it because that would be way too much. But just knowing that his first murder was that of a cat. I was not happy. But I'm enjoying it so far. I like the offbeat, dark humor it has going for it. And it is oddly a very true, genuine romance that just happens to have this really dark element to it. But the the, the relationship between the two leads uh, is developing in a very natural real way that is almost made better because of the the situation they're in and, and the the characters they are the, the type of personalities they have and that they're not you know just perfect teenagers but i'm digging that uh, i'm watching better off ted as well which i like i don't love i remember hearing some people talk very highly of it and the first episode, the first two episodes weren't working for me. And I'm glad that the character trait for Phil was removed of him screaming randomly after being frozen for a few days. But it's, it's not bad. I, it's whatever, like 26 episodes to total, two seasons, 13 episodes, like 20 minutes an episode. You know, it'll be easy to get through. And yeah, it's, it's not bad. I think it's worth checking out if you're into comedies uh yeah you want something that's kind of funny check it out i mean it's not kind of funny greg miller kind of funny because that's a whole different type of thing but it is kind of funny yeah that's that's pretty much it though in terms of what i've been watching that is worth talking about did i try to watch any other movies I don't think so. I think I'm all movied out, and now they're just series. <laughs> and like, there's there's one thing that I, I need to stop doing at times because it definitely influences me, and that is when I am looking at a queue or I'm looking at a backlog. Uh, and this is typically with movies, and I guess even TV shows at this point, but more so with movies. If I have a huge backlog, I am when I start a movie. Sometimes, if I'm in the right or wrong mood, however you want to put it, I start a movie with the mindset of actively looking for reasons to not like it, to turn it off early, and that is not good. And 
the thing about that is that I realized that I like certain movies more than I thought I did after watching movies that are actually really bad. Like Man on Fire. While I still think the second half of Man on Fire or the... I don't, I don't know where the split comes. But after the girl gets kidnapped and all that, and he goes on his vengeful tirade, I do think it's a significantly weaker movie. But that first bit is so good and that second bit while it is no way as good as the first bit it's not terrible it's just tedious and a bit longer than it needs to be and it lingers on moments or this or that but when i think about it and compared to other movies that i watched i'm like these are fucking terrible man on fire is not terrible it's just uneven and somewhat disappointing but good movies can still be disappointing you know it's a good movie not a great movie it's not like virtuosity which i remember loving as a kid and then i rewatched that around the same time and i'm like holy shit this movie's fucking terrible there's nothing good about this my god um but yeah you know uh, man on fire especially when i'm thinking about other denzel washington like, like book of eli Book of Eli is somewhat interesting, but I think it's a movie that is ruined by its ending when you find out that he's blind. Uh, watching the movie again, you just look at it and you're like, this motherfucker is not blind. He is in no way blind. Look at the way he's acting here. Look at, look at what he's doing right here. This is not something a blind person does. This, this piece of shit can see. You're not fooling any of us. Um, and then the equal... I'm not a huge fan of the equalizer. But who knows? I mean, that could be okay as well. I don't know. Uh, it's just something that I need to try not to do. And, and part of it is that I am more critical than others in actuality. But then I exacerbate that by looking at my collection and wanting to uh, shrink it down to just the essential essentials that I end up going a bit too far. Another movie that I keep wanting to go back to and watch again like that I I don't love The Gladiator. But there's something about it that makes me after every few months or so I I want to go back and give it another go. Like there's something that about it that lingers in me. And I don't know what the hell to do about that. Um yeah. So yeah. I need to stop doing that though. Because that's not good. For me. Uh, yeah. So. That will do it for this here episode of the Pixelated Sausage Podcast. Once again, I am your host, Mark Krishnez. Y'all can find me on Twitter and pretty much everywhere at PX Sauces. The site is, of course, pixelatedsauces.com, where you can find this podcast, the Pixelated Paranormal Podcast, and Attack the Backlog, which are all available on podcast services across the globe, like Stitcher Radio, Google Play, Apple Podcasts, and Spotify. And if you'd like to check out the video version of this here show or Attack the Backlog, you can go over to youtube.com slash pixelatedsausage. If you'd like to check out the art I make, you can go over to pxsart.com. Dot com. If you see something you like, click the link and it'll take you to where you can purchase a print of the piece you fancy. 
And if you fancy the site in general and anything that we do, please go over to patreon.com slash PXS. Before I end it for good, I was just reminded of the fact that I have taken a break from exercising and it's been one of the hardest things that I've ever done because I've been an avid exerciser for well over a decade at this point in large part because I'm body dysmorphic. But I, my, my back was giving me more issues than usual and it wasn't, it's usually kind of uh, like a roller coaster where it's not too bad for the most part and then maybe i'll have a bad day or two and then it'll be fine again as fine as it can be but then i have i had a bit of an elongated thing where it's just really bothering me so i decided that i was going to take a break because you can go a few weeks without any serious loss to any gains made and while I understand that, it's just hard to get past the mental block of thinking that if I'm not exercising on a significant basis, not daily, but I, I, I'm exercising more days than not uh, in a week, um, that I'm going to lose so much that I'm going to just turn into a skeleton or get real fat after you know a half a week's worth of not exercising. But I'm currently now on eight uh, on day eight, I think, of not exercising. And it's still, every day is a fight, especially in the morning, because that's when I exercise. And once I get past it up, I'm like, well, it's it's gone. So it just is what it is. But I, I do feel better, and I'm gonna I'm gonna th- stick with not exercising. I I think I'll go as far as like three weeks, maybe, and see how it goes, because that's. A lot of the, the, the articles I've read, that is like where they say, you know, you can usually go about three weeks without any serious loss or anything. And, yeah, it's just, it's it's really weird and it's hard because I do hate my body and my face and a lot about myself that doing something like this that is better for me in terms of health you know, just recovery and all that kind of stuff. Regarding my mind, it is just a challenge, you know. But I I feel good in that I've been able to stay strong and not jump back to the weights. So, yeah. I know nobody listening really cares about any of this. That's why I saved it to the end. But, uh, yeah, it's just, it's been an interesting ride. Also, different topic entirely. There need to be more fucking t-shirts for men that are scoop necks. You know, I, I of course, identify as non-binary. So I don't, whatever. But like, I don't know if the the way women's shirts are made differ significantly. Like, I will go out and buy women's scoop neck tees if I have to. But what is the size different like what is a small a medium like a small men's size is that a medium woman's size how does that work will the fit be different like are, are the sleeves thinner I like I, I don't know how that's all gonna work are they traditionally shorter but like I love the scoop neck because I don't like I don't like feeling constricted around the neck and the one site where I go to 
is like the only site that I know that sells scoop necks that don't look like ratty, shitty, handmade things is ASOS, AOSOS, which is a British-based company. They raised their prices. They used to have a lot of cheap, basic scoop necks. Now they're all super fucking expensive. I'm not happy about it because it's just a fucking t-shirt. I don't care if it's a designer t-shirt. It's a fucking t-shirt. But they do scoop necks, and I like that. And a scoop neck is just like a crew neck, but a deeper cut. And I'm wearing one right now. I got this one at Goodwill. I was super surprised when I found this at Goodwill in my size. Like, holy shit. I looked at it, and I'm like, the the like the thing in the back, I don't know what the name of the, the company is, but I'm like, this might be a woman's shirt that was just put in the, the men's section, but I don't care because I genuinely don't care. I just want a sh- I just want shirt that's comfortable, and I think scoop necks are the most comfortable. I like the I like the breathing room, but finding them for men, quote unquote men, is a pain in the ass, and I hate it. I hate it so much. I like I went to one site and I did scoop neck, and then I specifically went to the category men's clothing, and then it just still showed me a bunch of women's stuff. But the problem with a lot of the women's clothing they see that have scoop necks is that they're more like they have like long sleeve ones and ones that seem like they uh well I don't even know what the hell you call it. I don't know shit about fashion terms, but they like get bigger at the bottom. They not fan out. I don't know what any of these terms are. But I just want if you're watching the video, I want I want shirts like this. I need to take this shirt off, not on video. Don't worry about it. But um I need to take the shirt off and look at the back of the tag to see the company and just see if I can find more of this brand's shirt because this shirt is perfect in terms of the size and all that, but it the material, I don't know, like maybe it's cotton, I don't know, but it's super fucking soft. It's like the most comfortable shirt maybe I've ever had. It is so delightful for once Goodwill has come through because Goodwill for me is usually a, a train wreck, especially when it comes to pants. I can't pa- find pants my size. Um, so yeah anywho if you're still there thank you thank you thank you thank you thank you for watching or listening I hope you enjoy this here episode and I hope you have a wonderful 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 rest of your day bye bye